Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example for those who believe. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. And that is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we're coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and in front of me is my co-host, Joey the Sidekick Velasquez. Oh, wait, he's in bed right now. He skipped out on this podcast, that bum. We love you, Joey. And as always, the president of the Willy Wonka Coffee Factory, (laughs) Steve the Boston Hardtop. What's up, people? Good to be with you here Um, this morning. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing, yeah, it's, it's morning time. So, uh, Steve, how's everything going? Uh, good, good. Getting the, back into the swing of things after the virus. So. Yeah. Uh, churches are beginning to open up. That's a good thing. It's good. Uh, yeah. Even though I know that uh, certain states and city are giving a pushback, especially my home city, Chicago. The mayor is getting crazy over there with churches. Um, there is a church, a Romanian church, down the street from the church that I used to attend when I lived there. Um, yeah, they were just giving a hard time towing people a car, like blocking entrance. No way. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Dang. So if you guys haven't uh, heard that news story, you know, go to, like, I think, Chicago Tribune somewhere and, and, and read that story, which is uh, uh, pretty sad, you know. But um, I guess this is the. We live in Texas now. Yeah, we live in Texas where, you know, I can do whatever I want. So, you know, I, when I first moved down here, they, they told me to get a, you know, a pickup truck and guns and boots and hat, you know. And I, a gun rack. Yeah, and then a gun rack. Yeah, I got I got the guns and, you know, and the and, and um, the truck, but not the, the boots or the hat or the belt yet. So, but, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. Um, this week, we have uh, Texas-owned Joey Ortiz. Ortiz, <laughs> youth director at Grace Bible Church here in Laredo, Texas. So we actually have a real Texan um, here on the show. Not like me, I'm a, I'm a faker, but you guys you guys know I'm, 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 I'm adopted now. So um, we're going to be talking about just the youth, uh, youth ministry, uh, a day in the life of a youth pastor mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So um, I'm pretty excited. Uh, we've been talking about this, Steve, for I'm a while. I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've known Joey for, I don't know, almost as long as he's been here, I guess, a few years now. And just to see his growth, to hear his testimony is amazing. And uh, to know that he's, he's at Grace Bible leading the youth now is really exciting for us and uh i was i was really happy to to uh hear that he had made that decision to accept the position at at grace as a youth director so yeah he's definitely been a blessing to me and in my life um as i got to know him we're always having really awesome theological uh discussions and 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 just challenging each other and definitely uh, just a really really smart individual and his love for christ is definitely evident in his life and i i wouldn't i i think it's awesome that he's just running just the the ministry the youth ministry there and and i know that the kids are going to be really blessed and learn and just be very truthful uh of what is uh christ um and yeah uh, especially uh with uh all the things that youth the youth have to battle, mm-hmm. you know, so that is great. Well, I'm glad that they get the meat, the meat and the potatoes <laughs> yeah. of the Christian faith. <laughs> yeah. So. 
So uh, for our listening audience, uh, please remember to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, Stitcher Radio. Uh, and please don't forget to visit our website at bridgeminloredo.org. And we also want to give out a shout out to, again, our international audience. Uh, our Canadian friends from up north have been coming on really strong. Did you see the moose? <laughs> Did I see the what? Did you see the moose? No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, Alberta. British Columbia and Newfoundland, you guys, great. Thank you very much for listening. And then UK, like always, Bristol, Bristol City, uh, Pembrokeshire, Lancashire, and uh, City of Edinburgh. I really kind of mess up those names today. Sorry, our UK uh, family out there. And as always, our um, uh, United States listeners, uh, Laredo, Dallas, L.A., Kansas City has been just coming on strong, too. Uh, Alabama, Phoenix, Raleigh, um, thank you very much for listening. Seattle, Washington has also been just increasing a lot. So everybody out in Washington, uh, thank you. Oregon, uh, Detroit, uh, just there's a whole bunch. And I just want to say thank you for just listening to Bridge Radio. You bet. All right. Well, uh, Steve, should we get this uh, podcast started? Let's do it. Let's All talk right. to Joey. Let's do it. Joey Ortiz was born in Harlingen, Texas, and raised all over South Texas. He graduated from Texas A&M University and College Station in 2007, where he received a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology and earned his Master in School Counseling at Texas A&M University here in Laredo. He's married to his wife, Laura. And a few few years later, they were blessed with their son, John Robert. Welcome, Pastor Joey Ortiz, to Bridge Radio for the first time. What's up? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really happy about this podcast. Uh, you know, we how long has it been since we have already known each other since uh, I showed up here in in, in South Texas? Wow, uh, <laughs> I really think that uh, I ran into you here at Bridge one day. We kicked up a conversation not too long after that. My son actually had a dental procedure done, and I found out shortly after That's that that right. that was Abe's wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that was that was it, man. The rest, as they say, is history. We have gone through hours upon hours of Bible study and, yeah. and theological conversations, which has been pretty pretty awesome for me as far as my growth goes as well. Yeah, um, you know, the first I remember one of our first discussions of you being down here uh, after you finding out that Waterburger was purchased by a Chicago-based company. <laughs> Sacrilege. And, yeah. <laughs> So, and, and yeah, I, I, for, I, I guess I should say it, but Waterburger to me is okay. You know, I don't like it that much. He's, about, he's you're being, about to lose he, that entire Texas audience. I, I know. Right. He's I being apologize. generous when he yes. says that. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, it, uh, I mean, I don't know. My, the, hey, the shakes are good. So that was one of our first conversation of, you know, us going back and forth and, and uh, Joey calling me out, he's like, you don't know. And I was like, no, you don't know. Like, there's way better food in, in Chicago. I just like, want you to know that as a Texan, yes. you can no longer say Texas at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> because of your stance on Whataburger. Yeah, see, he's been saying that. He's, he's actually a true Texan, so uh, no. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, Joey. Uh, this is uh, a huge blessing. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how uh, God drew you to saving faith? 
Sounds good. Yeah. When when I was young, we we bounced around a lot. My dad worked in the, the liquor industry and was a distributor. And so we were in the valley. Uh, Harlingen was where I was born. Moved to Laredo. We grew up in a somewhat Catholic home. Um, mm. We went to church. We were CEOs, right? Christmas and Easter only. Mm. And uh, it was important, but it really wasn't a, anything that we, you know, had pushed on us. And so as life started to happen, uh, you know, parents got divorced, uh, went to went to high school, went to middle school, kind of went through all that. Uh, my worldview really changed because when life started happening, I just said I was done. Mm. I didn't believe in God, uh, walked away from it. Uh, I couldn't see how God would do that kind of stuff mm. to quote unquote good people. Um, you know, and I didn't really have an understanding of who God was. And so, uh, went to college, got my degree in psychology, got my master's, uh, came back. And after meeting my wife, uh, she drugged me to church at that time. <laughs> and, um, shortly after that, man, I was baptized, came to believe was baptized and grew in the, the word. And here I am today. Yeah. Well, in God's uh, providence, uh, he put you down here and you got to meet Steve and I met Steve and we met you. And, and now are you, are you going back to school? Are you going to seminary? Uh, I believe we... that's, that's definitely in the cards. Okay. Uh, working on kind of seeing where we are at okay. as this quarantine crisis ends. Uh, the goal originally was to start up in the fall. Mm. Uh, I've been at Grace Bible since September. And for this first part of uh, this first season, I was just kind of trying to get, a feel for what the what the job was, what ministry looked like, the mm. hours that you kind of had to put in, and then yeah. the crossover to that would be to see how school plays into that as well. So for right now, it's um, a lot of studying, a lot of reading on my own, yeah, and seminary hopefully still in the fall, if not in the spring. Well, uh, any seminary in this country would be lucky to have you for sure. So, uh, Joey, let's. Why don't we talk about a little bit about the philosophy of youth and ap apologetics and how that role just plays right now within uh, the church, uh, uh, your church, you know, our church. Absolutely. So, when you know, just a, a few minutes ago, when I was kind of walking through my testimony, I didn't really know God growing up. I knew mm. who He was. I had a working knowledge of who God, I guess, is big picture, but mm. kind of, you know, his sovereignty, his grace, his mercy, an understanding of who we as Christians are supposed to be. I didn't have that. Mm. So when life happened, it was really easy for me to just say, well, forget this, I'm done mm. and walk away. But I think my philosophy for the youth, you know, as much as most kids just want it to be about fun and games, as much as most kids want to just come in and have the pizza parties and stuff like that, they're not necessarily grounded in the faith if that's just the main focus. Okay. So my goal is to give them an understanding of theology because theology leads to doxology, right? Yeah. The way that you live out that faith. Yes. And for me, you know, ultimately what it comes down to is are they going to be able to defend their faith and hold tight to that faith when they walk into, you know, any college campus across the country, yeah. when they go about their daily lives and things like that. And plus it's, really really cool to see how when you challenge these kids when you give them that meat and potatoes that steve was talking about yeah how they've really responded to that yeah. you know it's been a, a huge push for me to walk through the fundamentals of our faith what we believe in why we believe it uh when we walked through the understanding of kind of the person and the work of jesus you know it was amazing to see them start wrestling with these ideas of the imputed righteousness of christ yeah. and, 
and how that affects them and how we impute our sin unto him. And, you know, we started walking through other questions that came up when you start talking about who Jesus is and all these other big theological discussions, right? Okay, well, then what is the Trinity and how do I understand that? Yeah. What is, you know, what does fellowship look like and why yeah. is that important? And it's been amazing to see mm. how the kids have responded to that because I think they're, well, I don't think, I know that they're hungry. Yeah. They want to be treated like adults. They want to be given that ownership of yeah. their faith. And it's just been amazing to see how they've responded to that. Wow. That, and, and Steve, you have a, a teenage a daughter in the youth uh, uh, youth ministry, youth group here. Um, mm. Have you seen, what have you seen in just kind of your daughter and the growth, you know, with with the philosophy that Joey's, Joey has been bringing on? Well, I've just been excited to see in her a uh, more of an enthusiasm for um, for for understanding her her faith and like you said, Joey, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. And I'm glad that that's coming from from church as well, and not just from home. I mean, at, at home, obviously, we try to engender that understanding in her that mm -hmm. you know there's a Christian worldview out there. And that worldview is the one that best comports with reality, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and so for Joey to be helping kids to understand that worldview and to be able to, you know, um, have a, have a hook to hang those things on that they're, that they're faced with in life and have answers to those questions mm. that, you know, come at them is truly exciting because Christianity, it's, you know, it's so often I think it's just this, you know, these neat stories, you know, David uh, and Goliath, you know, Noah's Ark and things like that. And there's kind of this disconnect between faith and the way we live, the way we see mm. reality. And so that's why it's so important to do what Joey is doing mm -hmm. in helping to kids to understand, you know, a a Christian worldview, a worldview that that is given to us by God in His revelation, and how that impacts, you know, life. That there really are answers to those questions that we have. That's what's so exciting for me. So on uh, that. Let's talk about a little bit on how just apologetics uh, play a big role in that, because I, later on, we're going to be talking about just uh, once these kids go off to college. But uh, why don't we just start off with that? What what, what uh, how does apologetics play a huge role in a youth's life? Absolutely. I think when we look at worldview, right, and when we look at Christianity, we have to understand that a true believer is going to endure till death, not mm. until college. Yeah. And when we have kids grounded in faith, when we have them knowing, you know, that that story about David, that they're not David, mm. yeah. you know, they're the right. Israelites. They're the ones that just constantly, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, throw, no, throwing yeah. a little Matt Chandler there. I know we need a little button that says, <laughs> you are not David. <laughs> Dude, that would be amazing. Um, so when we, when we actually approach the Bible, and understand it from a contextual and historical standpoint. When we mm. realize, right, that it's not about you being David and slaying your giants. Yeah. It's it's about how, you know, ultimately Jesus is on every page. Mm. And yeah. and yeah. and when we look at that, when we understand scripture through that lens, 
we're able to answer the questions that most people throw at you to get you to mm-hmm. uh, to get you to not believe. I mean, going back to my story, when I was at college, I was an atheist. I did not believe in God, and I was actually that guy uh-huh. who would go out into the world and try to talk people out of their Christian faith. And I wasn't just that dude that was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll let it go. No, I would badger people to mm. get them to realize like their faith was silly. And now I realize I'm the one that looked like a total idiot. Yeah. Um, because it's just amazing how when we view scripture through the proper lens and understand scripture through the proper lens, we're able to answer those questions and answer them in a way that, you know, is gentle with respect, mm. right? Pointing them back to the scriptures, not giving them an answer out of, you know, just something that sounds good or something that, you know, kind of saves face for us. But it's also really cool because that apologetic side, being that I was on the other end of that fence, being that I was the one asking those questions, now I'm able to equip, right, these kiddos for those questions that they're going to face because I was the one asking them. So I not only am able to look at that question and and give them uh, the biblical perspective on it, but prepare them for what they're about to see because I don't. You know, like I said, it's it's until death. It's not until they go to college. You're, you're coming at it from a first person perspective, yeah. which I think is really powerful. Yeah. And and who were your inf- who were the influence in your life that made you a, an atheist or made you think like an atheist or like was this in college? Where where was your mind? Because that's pretty powerful. It is just I know you now, mm-hmm. and to know that you were an atheist before, and that there's no God. And yeah, I I grew up in, like I said, a home where just life came at me and came at me fast. So throughout Mm. middle school, uh, you know, right before middle school, my parents divorced. Right after that, my grandma went blind. We had a bunch of family turmoil. We were moving, Mm. you know, Mm. from here to San Antonio to back and just kind of all over the place. Mm. And while my mom really was trying to do everything she could, I I was pretty much by myself. And so Mm. I want to say when I hit high school, uh, I, I came across the Da Vinci Code. Right. Which was, you know, and it was, you know, something simple. It was just a book, whatever went through it. But that planted a seed of doubt. On top of that, I think right after or right about that same time, I read through uh, The God Delusion, Mm. which was another book that kind of came out about that same time. And, you know, when you look back at those, when I look back at those now, I mean, it's just someone who doesn't have a fully fleshed out understanding and biblical perspective of who God is. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah. So oftentimes it's based on a caricature, an assumption of who God is, as opposed to the reality of who God is. And when you do that research, you do the hard work to find out who God really is, how he has revealed himself to us. It changes really everything. everything. Absolutely. And, you know, I I recently read a quote and I don't remember who said it. And and that's going to drive me nuts the rest of this interview because I'm totally going to look it up right now. Um, but it says something along the lines of like, whenever you create your own God and you're confronted with the actual God of scripture, the Mm. God of scripture is never going to be pleasing to you. Yeah. Mm. Right. You're never going to like that God because that's not the nice God. That's all love that only, you know, wants to give you everything that you want. Yeah. And you know, when you're confronted with that dissonance, when you really come across who God actually is, it does take you back. It really does make you stop and look and say, okay, wait, 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 why? You know, and when you realize who we are in relation to who God is, then that's a game changer. You know, I know one of the the things being here at a bookstore, right? Like The Holiness of God by R.C. Mm, Man, that book was a game changer. Yeah. I mean, that was the book that really, 
grounded me and said, okay, if God is this holy and I am this unholy, if I am this worthless, wretched creature, right, who's lost in my sin, like, thank God he is gracious. Thank God he is merciful. Thank God he sent his son to die on the cross, you know, for those who would believe, mm-hmm. which is, you know, just just amazing. Yeah, and we see that in an example just in Scripture over and over again. When you get confronted by a holy God, you're going to just get on your knees, get on your face, and we see that over. We see it with Moses. We, we saw it with Isaiah. We see it with the disciples. Whenever they came across God in what he revealed himself to in his splendor, very limited even then, we're were undone. Un, we're undone. Yeah. They get on their faces. Um, and, and, and not to take away from, yes, God God is uh, love. God, his, his attributes are there, but he is holy mm. and he demands worship and we, and he demands glory. So yeah, absolutely. There's no reason that he should be uh, inclined to us. Yes. I mean, yes, God is love by definition and he is merciful and gracious, yeah. but, but, uh, he owes us nothing. Yes. And when we come to understand that, it changes, you know, our, our entire perspective and makes his grace and his mercy towards us even more amazing mm. because uh, there's nothing that we can do or have done that would de- deserve that mercy. Yeah. And, nothing and, at all. And when he, and we see that in just, uh, in the epistles of Paul and, and in Revelation, whenever we get these rewards, we're just going to hand them right back to him mm. yeah. at his feet. So that's pretty cool. So, uh, Joey, um, let's talk about just the crisis in youth and when it comes to sex, drugs, the need of acceptance. I mean, these are really real issues, excuse me, for youth. I mean, they got friends, they're worried about their image. I mean, just a lot of things that are going on that you're probably so familiar with and with the kids that you're involved with you being in the school system and this Absolutely. before becoming a youth pastor. And yeah. So why don't we just talk about that a little bit? For sure. I, I think when we look at what kids go through on a day in and day out basis, they, you know, sex and drugs and the party scene and acceptance and everything that, that Abe just mentioned, those are all things that that's how they fit in mm. to school. That's a part of their, uh, their status, you know, and I think really, truly, honestly, they're really quick to justify the sin that they're mm. comfortable with. Um, case in point, right? We had a, a student the other the other day, I guess, before all the, the quarantine hit, um, you know, we were talking through this idea of marijuana, how marijuana, you know, according to the student, it's a plant. God gave it to us, you know, and it's OK. And I'm like, literally, the first thing God does with men, right, (laughs) is make a plant illegal. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot eat from this plant. And so (laughs) it's one of those. Even before sin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And Uh, so when we look at the crisis that that the youth face, right, they need to understand my my goal behind everything that I'm trying to do. My my heart is to help them to understand that the acceptance that they're looking for is found in Christ. Yeah. And the minute that they're accepted in Christ, they have that peace with God. And when they can bring that into their day to day, the things like sex and drugs that make 
them more acceptable and more popular and more, you know, more in that social class at school, right, where it makes them more than what they are, you know, then they can realize, like, they don't need to do that. They don't need to live in sin to be accepted by others where they can be that light in the darkness, mm. where they can then turn around and point others to the love that changed them, Yeah, which is has been the huge role, you know? And I think when we really look at it too, we, we, we see so many teachers today that promote a gospel that's kind of this forgiveness only gospel. Mm. You know, the minute that you come to believe, that's it, you're done. You can live however you want. You know, and and that's completely and totally false. When yeah, you look at that's the, not the gospel, that isn't at all. Yeah. When you look at what Jesus commands the disciples to do, mm-hmm. right? The Great Commission is go out into the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey. Yeah. Those are the three things that He commands them to do. And so, walking in this world where teaching is available everywhere, I can go on to the internet yeah. and see any teach you know whatever version of christianity they believe in it really does affect the way that kids approach life too yeah and and there's another component here that uh i just didn't mention uh that i I didn't mention in the beginning and just want to mention now which is a good transition and that is social media Mm. and how that plays into these categories of sex and drugs and then how you're saying false teaching as well Mm -hmm. we're we easily have a phone kids have phone and are able to access all these things you know with facebook uh instagram tiktok twitter i mean whatever whatever they want to choose and internet and how that plays a role in just those things and when they are searching even and i don't know if you want to talk about that how maybe somebody very charismatic you know uh and maybe you can give me an example of how, man, this, you know, they're, yeah, they're involved in youth and there are people out there that talk about another Jesus, but it's not really the true Jesus. Absolutely. You know, we were, uh, I was recently kind of scrolling through the Instagram lately, uh, <laughs> being that we've had out, so much time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was, re- I was scrolling through the Instagram and, and, or Facebook recently, and, and I had seen something that someone had shared, something that someone had reposted. Mm. And, you know, there's a pastor out in, in North Carolina, uh, Mr. Stephen Furtick, mm. right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he's got the, the, the Jordans on, and he's all dressed up with the holes in his jeans and stuff like that. He looks like a cool guy. Yeah. But he's standing there talking about how Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he literally transformed. Those were his words. He transformed... Mm into the Holy Spirit to come down and give the apostles all of these abilities. And I mean, just, just that, like we, we see this, we see he's got a bajillion followers or however many people that follow him and you know, all of these things. But when he's fundamentally misrepresenting who Christ is, that's, that's modalism. And that was deemed a heresy. (laughs) Absolutely. Hundreds of years ago. But, but when it's presented in a way that's got a ton of polish, the lights are behind him, the smoke machines are going, you've got his worship team kind of playing over the background. Yeah. You know, it looks cool. It sounds cool. Yeah. That's what I believe. And when you have kids bringing that understanding into their day-to-day life. Wow. Right. When they have a fundamental misunderstanding of who Jesus is based off of these teachers that they see just over and over again. Or when they see people on TV that are saying, you know, if you send me 
this check, God's going to bless you, yeah. you know, or whatever the case may be. You know, we as people in the ministry really need to redefine and reshape what we're doing yeah. to be able to prepare these kids to not only separate truth from not truth, yeah. but to sell to separate truth from almost truth. Yeah. Because it's it's really easy, you know, if you have some grounding in scripture, if you know, you know, those Bible stories and you know, yeah. you know, you have some understanding of who Jesus is, to to sit here and, and separate, you know, Christianity from Islam or Christianity from Jehovah's Witness or Christianity from Mormonism, you know, it's 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 a little easier to do that than it is to separate Christianity from almost Christianity. Mm-hmm. To separate Christianity from something that really sounds like it, but at its source is yeah. fundamentally wrong. Yeah, and 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 just for our listeners, and if uh, we have some teenagers or youth listening, um, there's nothing wrong with wearing Air Jordans. All right, amen. <laughs> but um, uh, again, it's just. The message, the mm-hmm. truth, you know, absolutely. That's and, where everything's at. And to be able to discern that as a youth, when somebody is saying something incorrectly, right. And saying that is not the gospel. That is not scriptural truth. Um, but it has to start with the teaching within the church, within the home. I mean, those things are crucial. Definitely. And, and, you know, being like the Bereans, Right. Like we want to make sure that we go back to scripture. We want to make sure that we are, are looking at the teaching mm-hmm. and assessing the teaching and not just being quick to defend the teacher. Mm. Yes. Because I think a lot of times with these charismatic personalities, these people that you look at and you're like, man, he sounds awesome. Yeah. Right. He may sound awesome, but what is he saying? Yeah. And if we're quick to defend the teacher because of how comfortable we are with that teacher and not necessarily the teaching to see if it's biblical, that can get anybody not just youth but anybody into trouble yeah so how how important is it for uh for you to make your youth feel comfortable coming to you and asking questions um whenever they have them uh about maybe theology or sex or just problems that they have because um i've heard you know youth pastors yeah they deal with this but they're not really going in and just dealing with the problem they're just like, oh, I'm here for you. Like, you know, let you know, Jesus is gonna help you overcome this. Like, where, where is like that comfort level? Yes, answering the question, but coming alongside of them and helping them through these issues. You know, it comes back to the question of what is discipleship? Mm. Yeah, it is discipleship telling you everything that you want to hear mm. and making you feel like it's okay, or is it challenging you to dive into the word? Look at what God says, regardless of how I feel about that. But look at what God says in his word and say, okay, is this a sin issue? Is this an issue that I have with God's word? Because I I just don't want to do it because like I'd rather live in sin. Or is this something that I can look at God's word, see God's truth, Mm. and then use that to shape my life, right? Through prayer, Mm. through, you know, again, discipleship, through walking through God's word even through fellowship, because we have students that are walking through things in life that need that fellowship, that need that support from their peers, that need that support from us. To go back to the question that you asked, I think, you know, for me, it's important to have those kids feel comfortable to come Mm. to me. Yeah. Right. But also understand and preface everything by saying, you know, hey, as much as I love you, as much as I want to see you walking in Christ, I may say some stuff that you're not going to like. Yeah. 
you know, and having that understanding like scripture and this biblical perspective of God, mm. which we talked about earlier, sometimes it's going to come face to face with our sin and God's mm. holiness and our sin are two things that just don't go together. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine recently and he's like, yo, cause he's also served in youth ministry. Yeah. He's like, how many parents have called you? And I was like, yeah, man, kind of a few. And he's like, yeah, because if parents aren't calling you, if parents aren't upset, you know, you, you aren't preaching the gospel. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not really the goal, right? It's <laughs> yeah, to right. have parents be ticked off. But yeah. I think in, in working with the students and working with the youth, what's what's so vital and what's so important is getting them to understand that when we come face to face with this God of Scripture, we're going to be challenged. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know how many, I mean, I don't know, but. I mean, I'm just thinking about when I was in, 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 in youth group, like nobody was talking about discipleship. Mm. Do we just say discipleship is for like mature Christians or for older people or where's the emphasis? Cause I'm sure you have mature, uh, youth, uh, kids in, in a church. Absolutely. And are we even talking about that with teenagers? Uh, I mean, are we, I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying you, but like a, as a whole, are we, are we saying, Hey, you're a mature Christian. You're 16. You're very mature. Man, are you bringing somebody else alongside and making them a disciple? Uh, because they, I'm, I'm just thinking as we go back, I mean, when you're having a problem, you know, sometimes they won't go to an adult. They're going to their friends, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I've been blessed at Grace. Um, I, I walked into a program in September where we had an, an amazing leadership team. Mm. Um, you know, in high school, per grade level, per gender, right? We have yeah. two two girl leaders and two boy leaders for every grade uh, across the board. Mm. So that's 16 people that are discipling and walking alongside these kids mm. on top of me and their friends. Mm. And so throughout, you know, shout out to all my leaders, by the way, you guys are amazing. And, and I totally out. couldn't do this without you guys, if, they, if you guys are listening. But... It's, it's, it's absolutely one of those things where, you know what, there are going to be times where in their small groups, they bring up an issue mm. and there's going to be times where their leaders, which are all, like I said, solid Christians, solid mm. people that, that go to, to church with us, that they're going to walk through it with them. Yeah. And then there's going to be times where, you know, maybe they don't feel comfortable bringing it to them or to their friends. So they bring it to me. Yeah. And so we have this, uh, our, our youth group set up in a way where we have options for these kids to go to for this these youth to seek these answers from and um you know we're constantly in communication with our kiddos we're constantly in communication with each other as, as leaders go and so that discipleship structure is in place because our goal really truly honestly is to make disciples who make disciples yeah right that's that's the great commission mm -hmm. right um we and, you know, sometimes we forget that. I mean, the goal is to go out and make disciples and teach, telling uh, the truth of what God has done, what Christ has done for us on the cross. And, I mean, I, I appreciate here what the ministry does as far as, you know, Bible studies. I mean, Steve, we were talking about that the other day, mm. just the growth of people that we've seen in the last couple of years, I mean, including, I'm talking about myself as well, and just other people were just like, wow. It's a, it's exciting to see the hunger there for God's word, yeah. you know, um, just 
going into God's Word book by book. That's the way we've gone yeah. these last few studies. And you cover all of the topical studies if you do that. You, yeah. know, you just go through God's Word. He yeah. covers all of those things. But how, how, Joey, have you applied that in your ministry as far as, um, you know, maybe even some resources that you're using in mm-hmm. order to really get the youth into God's Word and understanding what we believe as Christians, and again, why we believe those things. Definitely. So I mentioned earlier that we were going through the fundamentals of the faith, yeah. which is a, oh, nice. a a book by Grace to You. Nice. Um, you know, and we Johnny we, Mac. There it is. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we walked through literally the what the Bible is, who God is, who Jesus is, what the Holy Spirit is, mm. what prayer should look like. What fellowship is, Mm. what discipleship is, what evangelism should look like, what salvation is, Mm. you know, and, and again, through that process, just through, by hitting the basics, the stuff that we assume most Mm. Christian kids in a, from a Christian home, know and understand, right? We, we assume these things, but I I was listening to, to Paul Washer speak not too long ago, uh, on YouTube, right? Going back to that internet, internet (laughs) teaching, uh, (laughs) YouTube teaching. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, walking through some of the stuff that Paul Washer was teaching and and he was speaking at a conference and they asked him, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to present the gospel. And they were like, but dude, these are Christians. And he's like, exactly. Yeah. You know? And so that really struck a nerve with me. That really hit me because it, it made me realize the stuff that we assume is what gets us into trouble. Yeah. And so when we walk through that, you know, another thing, like I mentioned earlier, the holiness of God, that's that's definitely something whenever I stand up and I speak mm-hmm. that I, I absolutely want to hit on. That, the imputed righteousness of Christ, is another big thing. You know, I was talking with my wife recently when quarantine hit. She started watching all the sermon videos that I was posting online mm-hmm. and, you know, for our youth to engage in and walk through. And she's like, I've watched three in a row and you keep talking about the imputed righteousness of Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, that's because people need to hear that. Yeah. You, you know, that's something that we as Christians need to know and understand and how quickly we forget. We we turn around and we go back into the world and we, we get back on the grind, you know, in our day-to-day lives and we forget that. Yeah. And that's a foundational, fundamental truth of who we are and how we've been redeemed. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, because we're because we're we're we'll we'll just be very like, oh, Jesus died for us on the cross. What does that really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that understanding of penal, penal, penal substitutionary substitution. atonement. You yeah, know, that's huge. Yeah, and no, I think that's awesome, and they need to hear that. I mean, otherwise our, we end up back in a works-based righteousness. We don't appreciate what yeah. God has done for us in Christ. And yeah. as, as someone who stands behind a pulpit and speaks, it's also really easy to fall back into that forgiveness only mindset. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things that's very scary because if that's the message that you're sending out to your, your, your flock, yeah, you're in trouble because you're going to have people that want to live in sin and say, well, I'm forgiven. Jesus is my get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. I mean, he had to live perfectly for us and die perfectly for us, mm-hmm. right? That's why, I mean, we just can't live that life, you know? We'll never, ever appease a holy God. Somebody else needed to do it for us perfectly because that was that's what God the Father demanded. Absolutely. You bet. Hey, Joey, can you talk a little bit about how you've used technology? Mm. I know, especially with the quarantine, uh, you've been a little bit more active, like yeah. on YouTube and so forth. Definitely. So. Um, so what I've done throughout the, the the last couple of months, which it's crazy that this is month two, mm. um, but our, our Wednesday services, which are for our high school kids, 
I'll go in, I'll record them, I'll have them posted by Monday or Tuesday, I'll give them a couple days to, to interact with that. And then we'll meet and have small groups through Zoom. You know, we'll, we'll walk through God's word. We will, you know, look at, you know, questions that really dive into who, who Christ is and where he was. Uh, right now in our, in our high school group, we are uh, walking through Genesis. And so looking at, you know, again, how Christ is on every page, you know, pointing, yeah. pointing back to another podcast. Yeah, yeah with Dr. Uh, David Murray. Yeah. yeah, that was really Jesus on every page. Which he absolutely is. Uh, he's <laughs> yep. foreshadowed on, you know, in everything he is, the word of God. He's yeah. the perfect fulfillment of that in the prophets. And so, you know, we, we walk through, uh, we're walking through Genesis and on Wednesdays we have our small groups on Sundays. We do that with the middle school. And then I'm doing a Bible study, uh, just to give kids more of an opportunity to interact with, with God's word throughout quarantine and with their leaders as well, Hmm. uh, to give them an opportunity to check in. And that's what we call our moment of grace. Uh, and that we walk through the book of James. We finished that up. We're just kicking off the book of Ephesians. Nice. This is definitely something that I'm going to continue to do even after quarantine is over just because one, I feel like it's been a huge, uh, hugely edifying for me to, to walk through the book of James, man. I mean, geez, every page is just challenge after challenge like yeah. am i really taming my tongue yeah am i really praying in faith yeah you know am i really walking in a manner according to the gospel yeah and then you know starting off with the book of ephesians like right there off the bat you're talking about being predestined unto adoption as sons and daughters in christ for his purpose power and glory like Amen. man you're hitting Boom. These big huge theological <laughs> things that are awesome and and you know what they are going to bring about questions and that's yeah. we invite those we mm-hmm. look forward to those because that means kids are wrestling with yeah. Yeah. these big again theological topics wow yeah that's yeah i mean so um what would you say to somebody that might give you a little bit pushback on that stuff might be just too deep mm. or too difficult for uh, a youth to understand mm. i would say you are selling are the future generation of our of, of believers short mm-hmm. because the minute that they get challenged by that and they don't have an answer you start sowing seeds of doubt mm-hmm. and really truly honestly what you're doing is you know that they're that that doubt is just huge yeah you know and and it's it can lead to a whole bunch of struggles like me where i where i was like i'm done right thank god for his grace and his mercy and and all of that but you know, where, where you walk away from that. And then, you know, you end up being those that went out from us, but weren't, weren't amongst us, right? You weren't one of us. And so it's, it's really vital that we push our students into, into areas where they may not be comfortable, where they are challenged, where they get that meat and potatoes and they're not just on the milk and honey, because I can tell you the kids that are sitting there thinking about this stuff, those, those students have grown immensely yeah, and they are rock solid, you know, and, and when they go to college, like my, my seniors this year, I can think of a few of kids that have just really like every day yeah. they're texting me, you know, Hey, I have a question about this verse. What does this mean? Mm, Why? Awesome. And it's, awesome. it's so encouraging. I mean, every day that I, I see those texts, I'm like, man, yeah. let's go because they're engaging in Bible studies with their parents. You know, they're, they're, they're even challenging their parents to engage in God's word, wow. which is amazing. Yeah, that's cool. And, and let's talk, let's talk about that as you're you're transitioning to that. How's the home life, right, and marriage play within the home of the youth, and yeah. and, and what you've seen? You know, it, it's crazy. Uh, being that I I got you know my bachelor of science, you know, research design, all that stuff is one of those things that you look at. 
and and just statistics and stuff and when we we look at our youth the youth that we have in our in our in our program right now in our youth group i it's really hard to say point a leads to point b right mm-hmm. like there's no straight line yeah we have a ton of kids who come from broken homes mm-hmm. we have a ton of kids who come from parents that are not even christian yeah you know and what we've actually seen more is that through their engagement in youth group they're bringing their parents to church. Mm, wow. We're seeing kind of a flip. Now, granted, yes, you know, Steve mentioned one of, one of his daughters is in youth group. So we do have homes that come from, you know, strong family ties yeah. that, that you know, they're grounded. They, they have a good support system in Christ and, and, you know, in Scripture and understanding Scripture. And they come from that really solid home. But we've seen a lot more wow. of kids inviting kids, bringing kids in. And then even those kids bringing their parents in. Wow. And, you know, not too long ago, we had two, two girls who started attending. One of their friends invited them. They brought both of their parents in. And as I was kind of walking through the sanctuary on a Sunday, I saw them and their parents just asking questions to, to our head pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and just engaging. OK, how is this different from Catholicism or what we believe mm-hmm. and all that stuff, which is amazing. That yeah. is cool. Huge. Cool. Wow. So, um. The last part of this is we were, we were talking about earlier. Um, your kids, especially right now that we're in graduation time, um, what are what what tools do we need uh, to give to our youth as they go away to college and a secular worldview that they're going to get depending on where they go? I mean, even Christian colleges are not that safe anymore. Um, what do we need to do as a church to make sure that they're grounded with truth and the challenges that they will get from either professors, other people that they meet, you know, and even sometimes parents, parents that are coming from broken homes that are, you know, I mean, yeah. I think it all goes back to that, that what, what's your philosophy on youth group? Yeah. And how are you engaging with the youth within your church? And are you discipling them? Or is it all about the pizza party and the playtime? Yeah. You know, and granted, yes, we, we do every once in a while we'll have a fellowship night. You know, mm. we, we do have a, a short, you know, little fun activity at the beginning of every youth group. Yeah. But that's not the focus. Yeah. And I think when we to, to assure that our kids are grounded in God's word, you know, what we say from the pulpit yeah. at youth group and how we're pushing these kids to engage in scripture, I think that's foundational. Yeah, because uh, Jesus never said like, hey, make sure you have pizza parties at youth group. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what what he tells us to do is obey his teachings and to yeah. obey those teachings. We have to know those teachings. Yeah. And we have to see how God is God's sovereignty and how Christ is on every page of scripture beginning to end and how the narrative of scripture points to us being broken, fallen and sinful. And, you know, you mentioned it right now. There's n- absolutely nothing that we can do. You know, I think Romans 3 says this, right? Mm-hmm. No, there's nothing that we can do. None of our works add up to mm-hmm. justify us. It's only through faith in Christ. And having that understanding, you know, I mentioned earlier that theology leads to doxology. Mm-hmm. The way we understand God leads to the way that we live mm-hmm. to then turn around and glorify and worship him. Yeah. And the bigger that understanding is, the more likely students are to hold on to that faith and be grounded in it and you know, endure to the end. Because once you get to college, you, their kids are free from their parents. Uh, some of these issues that they had in high school 
uh, might intensify even much more in college where nobody's watching them, um, you know, partying, uh, sex. I mean, all these things, professors who may have a huge influence on them, you know, that intimidation factor that is placed from a professor to a student. I mean, what do you tell those students that might be struggling where your professor is telling you that God is not real? Yeah. Um, Jesus is not real. And, and that goes back again to, to the questions and the apologetic stuff that, that I walk through with the kids, with the youth. Mm-hmm. I, I try to equip them to say like, okay, if you're going to face these questions, these are not only your answers, but this is why they're true. You know, that understanding that Christianity is not just a faith, a blind faith. It's an eyewitness faith. Mm. It goes back to the fact that anybody who witnessed these events in history could have turned around and said none of this stuff happened Mm. because a lot of scripture was circulating at that time. Mm. You know, it's first Peter. He talks about the scriptures and he talks, he even refers to Paul's letters. Yeah. And this is 60, 75 years after the death of Christ. Yeah. And so we, we realized, right, a lot of the people that this was circulating to could have totally, totally said, like, hey, none of this happened. Yeah. But those eyewitnesses pushed that message forward because not only was it true, but they witnessed it to be yeah. true. And they, a lot of them died for it. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of them died for That's it. That's the amazing thing about Christianity is that it's an historical faith. It's yeah. not this nebulous, you know— uh, Gnostic new philosophy. Mm-hmm. It is flesh and blood through thousands of years of world history. And the, the Christian worldview is going to give you the best answer to yeah. life's questions. Yeah. Are there things that are still mystery that yeah. we still don't understand? Of course. Yeah. But for the most part, the Christian worldview is going to give you the best answers to those questions that we face. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> That was that went really fast. That went really fast. Uh, you know, Pastor Joey. Uh, one thing that we do here, at Bridge Radio, is uh, uh, we share the gospel. And how would they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how would they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how would they hear without a preacher? That's Romans ten fourteen. I leave the floor to you to share the gospel for our worldwide audience. Wow. Amen. That's a <laughs> that's amazing. Um, the gospel is good news. Yeah. And it's the good news that Christ came, stepped out of heaven, lived a perfect life to then be the ultimate sacrifice for the sin of those who believe. He went to the cross to take on God's wrath for sin. And for us as believers, we have to understand, one, we are broken and fallen and sinful And there is absolutely nothing we could do in and of ourselves to be justified and be made righteous before God. Our best deeds are filthy rags. And two, that by confessing with our mouth and believing in our hearts that Jesus was raised from the dead and died for our sins, then we are justified before Christ Mm. or before God, I'm sorry, through Christ. And we have peace with God through that. And it is an amazing truth that by believing in Jesus as our savior, that we are then made right before God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joey, Pastor Joey, for coming on Bridge Radio. Where can our audience find you? If you want to be found, I always say that. Um, (laughs) You know, if they have any questions or even if, you know, some youth in other parts of the country 
want to reach out to you and, you know, where can they find you? Absolutely. So I am on Instagram at josephdaniel956. There you are going to get a ton of pictures of my six-year-old without teeth. <laughs> uh, right now he lost three in the last couple of weeks. And so uh, his parents were a little hard up because... <laughs> We need a stimulus check to kind of take care of all of that. Um, no, and and so there I do. I post a lot of uh, a lot of scripture. Re, 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 repost a couple of different things, um, and then also a lot of our teachings and stuff are found on uh, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube forward slash c forward slash Grace Student Ministries. Um, right now, that's pretty much where we're pushing forward a ton of content. We do meet with our small groups uh, after that on Zoom, and then uh, our Grace. Laredo website is gracelaredo.org. And that's the the website to our church where you can catch other sermons and get a hold of us if you have any questions or you need anything. Awesome. You forgot your phone number. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want my social security number yeah, and my why mom's not? maiden name as well? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, thank you again uh, for coming on, Joey. It was a blessing uh, to have you on. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and we uh, wish you the best uh, in everything that you're doing with the youth at uh, at church. So yeah, thank you again. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode of bridge radio. Um, wow, Steve, that was a very <laughs> cool conversation. That was a very, really enjoyed having Joey here with us. Yeah. I mean, what, a I, I don't know where this, uh, country is going in the future, but, um, we need to make sure that our youth is being taken care of within the church for sure it gives me a lot of uh hope for the future to have leaders like joey so i really appreciate him and just continue to pray god's blessing and wisdom upon him and other leaders like him yeah. that continue to uh to uh adhere to the to the gospel to god's word and just continue to point people point the youth to christ yeah that's not an easy job um Again, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, again, keep praying for the ministry as we are looking for a new facility. Uh, and we need the finances to do this. Uh, again, uh, I've been praying for that place across the street. You know, um, we, we are in a very small spot. Uh, if God does move you to give to this ministry, we will take a penny. Uh, I always say that. Uh, it's because of your giving that we can put on the podcast and stay open here at Bridge Ministries. And have the Bible studies and, and the resources. And the resources. And give those resources out to people within the community, in other countries, in Mexico. Mm. I mean, just all the Bibles that we've given And it's, it's crazy to see how God is working in uh, communities across the border. Yeah. You know, to see the hunger that they have for God's word as well. And so... It's no coincidence. I don't think that we're here. And uh, so we just continue to seek the Lord and uh, continue to be faithful to what he's called us to do here. Yeah. And, and we always say that his will be done, not ours, you know, and we pray for that. And then he gets all the glory and everything that we're doing in this ministry. Yep. Well, guys, um, as we like to end this show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul? in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll see you next week. <laughs>